0: Mealy, it's almost winter break. Are you exhausted? I'm like dually exhausted, like my Ford Granada. I wasn't expecting a joke that dumb right out of the gate. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so proud and upset. Well, one of the main things that's stressing me out. You buy a present. I've got to get this to um, friends in another state. But then it's so exhausting just waiting in line at USPS. Not that they're
0: not hardworking, but it's busy this time of year. An easier way to do it? Stamps.com. How does that work? You can save time, you can save money, you can save stress, all by going to stamps.com
1: and using a special promo code. What's the code? Oh, like, pod, like you're listening to a podcast now, but just but drop off the cast to keep it fast. And if you use it, you get a four-week
0: free trial. That, that brings you over to January. Free postage, you get digital scale.
1: So go ahead and um, click on that thing and, and mail that stuff. You can even mail something to me. I'm not giving you my address, but if you figure it out, you can mail something to me
0: challenge accepted internet okay thank you neely i have two problems what are those i really love the show on professional development and i have a big blank spot on my chest where
1: my shirt is first of all the first one doesn't sound like a problem i mean it's so much love i can't contain it and you also have what a blank spot on your chest Yeah, where my shirt is. You you never grew chest hair? Obviously not. Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an unprofessional development t-shirt.
0: Yes, that sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We have buttons.
1: Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, Oh, you listen to that too?
0: Be an unprofessional representative. Meanwhile, in Georgieland. Yes. Why did I go with Georgieland when I could have gone with Georgia?
1: I don't know. I do know you could have gone with Georgia. Okay. Alright, nice. Mealing. You're nice. up. you could say well to welcome to a very Georgian um, episode as well. You missed that one too. Georgies. Yes. Georgies
0: <laughs> Okay
1: Charles. Uh-oh. nice. But you hit all the principals. We hit Principal L, Principal Williams, uh, Charles and, and um Tony Price. Alrighty, so I got two more awards to give before we pick our best EduPodLoosa segment. So I am just going to nominate Nixon for best phrase, turn of phrase that we had during an interview that came up impromptu that described her career and her possible book.
0: These were a lot of your concerns at seven years. These were like seven year Nixon concerns, right? About like uh, flipping the classroom and these sort of issues. And you said now your focus is more on, on citizenship.
2: So yesterday we had a student, uh, an alumni of our, of our high school. That's a, she, she's a freshman at Georgetown.
1: Okay, good deal. And
2: she, she's, she's biracial. She identifies as a black woman. And I will tell you, I was, it caught me off guard when she used the term microaggressions. And Uh she talked about how in this particular school within Georgetown, she is a student and the microaggressions that she experiences, particularly in this virtual setting, can be very detrimental if you're not armed and prepared. Mm -hmm. So my follow-up lesson was a lesson on microaggressions, because how many high school students are even aware of that term?
1: I'd say less Less than 10%, probably.
2: Right. So... That to me is where I'm at right now. It's not so. Ooh, much I wonder if about... more teachers.
1: By the way, I wonder if more teachers or students would actually know that term. I would be curious. I would love to like. Ooh, that's a very good question. <laughs> about to say, kids are more savvy than you think, but right.
2: But the, the awareness there for her to actually put a word to what was happening to her, mm-hmm. I think, is a lesson that needs to be taught as early as possible. Why not in that secondary setting? So that that's where I am. Of course, we can tie. Standards and you can tie standards in there and objectives and learning targets. But at the end of the day, I'm aware and proud of the discourse that came from that lesson. Then I would have been at year seven or year 14. You know where I was at in year 14. I'm talking yeah. about microbreweries, not micro refresh. <laughs> nice,
1: nice one. That's very so good. The,
2: you know, the evolution is real.
1: Yes, that's the title of your book from microbreweries should... to microaggressions.
2: <laughs> Let me write <break> that
3: down.
1: Dear <laughs> <laughs> goodness. That's a good. No, one. That, that's, I am that's
0: actually to you're hosting.
1: It is. Yeah. Microbrewery to microaggression and um, <laughs> I I liked I like that when we kind of started off uh, and and discussed stuff with her. So she's someone that um and and you need these people. If you don't have them, please try and please try and find them. Which which by the way by the way why you should be wearing your unprofessional development swag. It's it, this this can help with that end. If you can have someone at school that you can have a good quality um conversation about the practice of teaching and whether that have some things that you agree with and some things that you disagree with and kind of help each other get to a better place. Not someone where you just complain and say how stupid the kids are and how stupid admin are. You don't want to get, that becomes like toxic and, and, and sad. But you want someone that where you can go, okay, here's the good stuff, here's the bad stuff, here's what I can do to make my job better and here's what I can do to make, um, my teaching better. And um, Nixon is someone that I've been able to do with that. I've worked with her for, I don't know, at least five, six, seven years now. And so we'd said, Hey, why don't we take these conversations that we're having and and record it one time. And so, um, so that's kind of, um, I don't know what the name of that award is, but um, she was a colleague who makes me a better teacher. How about that? Nice.
0: We had a lot of really good conversations in in that episode too, about um, equity Mm and uh and and towards equity and and what we need for for that in in the classroom yeah um so i'm going to bounce off that another person we had on who i did not expect to have an equity conversation with Mm -hmm. uh was nick ferroni Uh uh-huh but nick ferroni is all about just supporting teachers and supporting people in the classroom and he is um just a, a really in touch and and caring person who who knows who he is he knows what kind of privilege he's had in his life mm-hmm. um and and he you know got kind of thrust into the spotlight
4: and used it as a chance to to elevate others i would say for me the interesting dynamic which was a blessing and a curse was when people magazine gave me an interesting title yes which allowed me to put everything in perspective not only as an educator but as a man because <sighs> Nobody cared when it's, the, again, as educators, we have to either do something extremely inappropriate or be given an inappropriate title to be in the mainstream news. Yeah. And we do amazing work every day. Nobody cares. No, You can be named rarely. teacher of the year. Yes. Nobody cares. No. Right. But if you're named some inappropriate title, which, again, I I can't complain about it because it gave me a platform to advocate right. for teachers and right. to Open bring awareness. Yeah. It also gave me a taste of what it's like to be a woman on a daily basis because, it, yeah it's it's the worst feeling in the world to to have that title because that's how everyone sees you right and i yes. have to constantly justify and say i'm a good teacher i'm actually a very good teacher
0: <laughs> so did you kind of it seems like you felt like a little objectified then
4: yes well it's i felt like i'm like this is how women feel every day where they're constantly objectified they have to constantly i had just the taste so i can't even comprehend what it's like to to right. live that format <laughs> Where a woman could cure cancer, but the first thing she'd be evaluated on is how she looks. Right. What she's wearing. You know, and it's like, right. Yeah. And it, it became uncomfortable because it's one of those things that it got me on primetime TV. But at the same time, I can understand why educators gave me pushback because we shouldn't sexualize educators. Right. We, we shouldn't. So there is that double-edged sword. At the same time, the first thing I would do was transition very quickly to, all right, thank you. It, it's cool. It's uncomfortable. But let me share what teachers are going through and what we need to change. So, right.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is interesting because we are we are um, barely famous here. We have, you know, a, a, a having a podcast. But I can't understand that that there's definitely that dichotomy of, ooh, now I've got to, like, figure out how to how to deal with the people that are looking at me a certain way versus like and not getting to not to getting to to know me. So and it's again, like
4: I have a unique platform and the whole like edu celebrity thing blows my mind because it's like that one Matthew discredits you. And again, like I'm ver- I have a platform because I host I hosted a show. Right, and I was on a show. To me, it's like the social experiment went viral. That is proof that I have an interesting and unique and and credible it, teaching. It, practice. it made a, it made a
1: connection with people. I mean, yeah, it, it made people, a connection. it, it doesn't. It, it didn't finally. go viral because people like for yeah. a positive reason. Yeah. People said, "Oh, that looks like something I would like to happen in my classroom," where I agree yeah. with what's going on there.
4: Yeah. So, so. but it's like the whole edu celebrity thing is very interesting because again, it's like it almost as if it's like you have a target within the education community now because. It's like I have to constantly validate myself, justify mm-hmm. my teaching credentials because people automatically assume that I can't be a good teacher.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. We, we talked about this on, on a previous episode, but yeah, it seems like two kinds of people wind up becoming you celebrities, right? They're kind of people who are just really amazing at their craft and for some reason caught what Mealy calls the jet stream and lands yeah. viral. And then there are, you know, snake oil salesmen, people who keep selling themselves and putting themselves out there or, or trying to sell their ideas and push their brand who, who, who kind of vie for that position. So I, I understand why people would be distrustful of, of that title. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. God, that's so fascinating that you're there. Okay. I'm, um, since if, we're here, I got to dive into this. Okay. So you can, can you break down for the people listening? All right. So what
4: was, what was the social experiment? And then so what was that title? So I, the title was People Magazine's Sexiest Teacher Live. Uh, and the only reason I, I got that was- Which Melee and I did not get that invitation. I am really I don't. offended. Well, and, and again, I promise you, you guys can have that title. It is, <laughs> I think every, again, every though. title anybody has, I think other people deserve it more. Like, Men's Fitness, they me one of the 25 fittest men in the world. I'm not. I <laughs> teach teachers who are fitter than I am. I, it's But it's like, and again, the, the title in itself, we live in a society where we- Titles don't validate anything. So again, based on my mom's opinion, I am the handsome person in the personal world, yes. but I believe her. That's my mom. You know, it's you like, it's, so it's like, to titles in
1: itself. What we're going to do now, guys, I want you to watch this. Tedisco are going to this, gonna take, both take off our shirts, and we're going to do the wave with our pecs, starting with Tedisco's right pec. Okay. Here it goes. Whoa. Look at that, guys. That, until you're doing Freezing. that, People Magazine, come get us.
4: Anyway, <laughs> so, But again, like it was a blunt And the only reason they picked me was the editor saw the work I was doing for LGBTQ youth and my mm-hmm. activism yeah. and said, we want to help you out, you know, yeah, that, and I that is cool. said no. Yeah. And then oh. the social experiment I did because I have a platform. And again, when I went to college, I took a culture studies course. And I remember seeing Jane Elliott's brown eyed, blue eyed experiments yes. where she convinced her students, which to me was the most powerful thing in the entire very, world. Very good. Oh, yeah, I love that. Cause to me, as educators, like we want to teach through empathy and experience. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's a right and wrong way to do social experiments. There was a teacher in the South who put her children of color under desks and had white children walk on top of them to portray oh, the slave trade.
1: Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible. Yeah, it basically, Stanford prison experiment, basically. Yeah. yeah horrible
4: attempt. So, but there is a way to teach empathy as educators in history. I try to find simulations that not traumatize kids, but make kids reflect by giving them a subtlety of the experience. Yeah. So we did an experiment in my class to kind of show what it was like to be a woman in Congress. I picked six of the biggest, toughest, nicest kids football players. Mm -hmm. And I had 18 girls from my feminist club. And I led the students to believe that they were voting on new school policies. We were filming it because the Board of Ed had to have documentation of the voting. So they were under the impression that if it passes in this classroom, it's going to become new school policy the upcoming year. Yeah. So it was 18 girls to six boys, 80 percent girls, 20 percent boys, yeah. which is the opposite of how Congress is. Yeah. So I wanted to see how boys would react when they're in the minority and the policies are directly affecting them. I wrote policies that were very anti-boy.
1: Yeah.
4: Girls get to pick their lockers first. Girls get 21 percent discount. Boys have to take a female studies course to be more sensitive to girls' needs. And every time they voted, they eventually started flipping out. This is a male prison. This is sexist. This is unfair. This is. And one of the kids says, "Is like." 80% girls, they can't decide what happens to us. 80% girls, this is insane. I want to call my principal. We want to get him. It was so powerful because that was literally the response I wanted. Right. I wanted frustration when 80% girls are telling you what to do, what choices you have to make. That's when we ended it right there. It's like, this is how it feels to be a woman in Congress. <laughs> and putting that perspective, flipping it was such a powerful visual for boys because they have no idea. Right, you know, it's again like as men, we have no idea because we no. we make the decisions, we dictate yeah. a lot. White men, we make the decision more so than anybody definitely,
1: else. Definitely, definitely. So
4: it ended up going viral for that reason.
1: Yeah, I would say for those because there are quite a few. Um, it happens when you get big. We're not we're nowhere near as big as Nick Ferroni, um because we don't take steroids. But now he doesn't take steroids. <laughs> it's a joke, anyway. Oh but um, but no there are people who liked on on twitter and in other social media who like to tear him down just because he is um big and for those of you that maybe he's rubbed the wrong way one time or another or thought he was um what whatever i i challenge you just to kind of listen to to hear like the genuine um nick ferroni and i i think that we um got down to like who he who he really is and why he really does what he does and how he really is you know a teacher who cares about students and cares about other teachers and um, just happens to be famous and have a platform that, um, sometimes it's, you know, people throw button tomatoes at just because there's someone up on a platform. So, and, and maybe because obviously everything he says, you're not going to hundred percent agree with, or maybe you just won't like the way that he says it, whatever. But, um, I challenge you to listen to that episode and see if you don't feel differently about him than maybe you do prior to, um, to that, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was- it was a really good conversation, and mm-hmm. you know the pranks he pulls on his students are hilarious.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> he does. He 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 creates. He he makes a big effort to do different um, educational. Um, I don't know how to say it, but like educational moments. Okay, in his classroom that that relate to the content by making them by making the stuff real. Yeah, and speaking of pranks on students. The, the king of pranks on students with his spelling bee prank is, um, is Joe Dombrowski. Okay. He's a character. He's hysterical. He's, he is a legit, um, you know, um, working, getting paid. Get, his bills are being paid by stand-up comedy, not just the two of us that just think we're funny, but he is, he is hysterical. <laughs> if you get a chance, you need to follow him on, um, TikTok and see all of his, um, All of his good stuff on Instagram, as well as. I mean, we
0: say we're funny, but he's got receipts.
1: Yes, exactly. As well as when he comes to your town, check him out and support him. And he also really has a heart for teachers and he is just, and a a heart for students. And he's really, really funny. He has a podcast. It sometimes it's about teaching. Sometimes it's about the bachelor. And and that's not really my world. And I'm not really into the bachelor, but if if that's you, and I'm sure there's plenty of you other out there, then you definitely want to tune into his podcast as well. But, um, and his story about, and, and, uh, Tadisco will, will, um, play it about the, the class pet. Oh, uh,
0: you kind of alluded to this before you were talking about how a year in the classroom gives you 10 years of material. Can you think of any, like, really funny stories that, that stand out to you or that you always kind of go to, especially if you, like, you, you want to get a new crowd started or if you just want to make a big splash at a party? Uh, yeah,
5: I guess I, <laughs> You need to tell me what level of okay you're fine with me saying. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Okay. So if I use medical terms,
1: that's fine. Test. Yes. Yeah. Just know. Just know. We're not in. We're not in the E next to the next to the podcast. Exactly.
5: <laughs> I was teaching sex ed, which was always
1: to what grade? Was, what? How old are the kids?
5: Uh Fifth grade. Okay. Cool. Fifth grade. Of this. Oh yeah. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. It's always a treat. They're always so confused. So I'm shocked at how many kids come in with zero bit of base knowledge on these topics. And I had this one kid who just would, uh, without fail every day, he would just like storm into the classroom and just declare whatever it was that he knew about any topic. Right. So we're teaching sex ed. Everyone's like quiet and awkward. And he raises his hand and he just. Full volume yells to everyone. Mr. D, did you know that girls have a tiny penis and it's called a clitoris? And I was like, I was like, uh, uh,
3: um, no. But I, then,
5: then then the classroom continues to spiral. And I have other boys saying, well, that's weird. I thought a clitoris was a dinosaur. Nice. Yeah. And then like one kid said. This kid said, and I'll never forget it. He said, if a clitoris is a tiny penis, then I have a clitoris. And I was oh! like, we're done. I was like, we're done. We're done.
1: We are no. done. No. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner.
5: We're going to recess. Get out of my face. We're oh. going to pick this back up tomorrow.
1: Oh. It was that kid is being, like, quoted. That's, at some point, he's going to want dates in high school. And, um... <laughs> That's gonna, that's it. it. was like, oh, he asked you out. Well, let me just tell you what he yeah, said in fifth grade in, in Mr. D's like, class.
5: It was, he was one of those like outer body experiences. Teaching is, teaching is, you always are expecting the unexpected. It's like you're on the cast of Survivor. You don't know what's gonna yes. happen at any minute. When that happened, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna laugh or cry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would have to turn around and face the board. I couldn't even look at them. I would I would not oh. be able to look at them. I would just oh. I would just have to like, I, I, excuse me, I got to like go blow my nose or something, whatever it is. And they just... know
5: so much. It's like a, a quick other one. This happened again. This was like my second year teaching. I had a pet rabbit. She was the reading rabbit. So during silent reading, I'd let her out. If she hopped in your lap, you read out loud to her. It was a really cool tactic. Cool. Uh-huh. Oh, it was until... Um, I. It was like warm out. I was like, let's take the rabbit outside. We're learning about adaptation, so you could see how she acts in her her natural habitat. This rabbit is like white. It looks like a like one of those fluffy pillows. Mm -hmm. I put it in the grass. We all step back. We're like twenty feet back, just watching this thing eat. A hawk came and swooped it up and got it and took it away. Oh. In front oh my. of my entire class. And then it gets better.
1: That's, a, that's the pilot episode for your, for your show, by the way. Just In case you didn't know. It is. Yes. Um,
5: <laughs> the kid that, you know, you have that one unfiltered kid who just says, literally all the girls are crying. And he puts his hands up and goes, it's the circle of life. Oh. I was like, I'm going to. Die right oh,
1: now. Oh, I'm gonna oh, die right now. Oh wow. Wow. That is that is that is good stuff. That is just um I tell that story to other people. Yeah, I I told I told it the other day. I actually did. So this is one that, that gets, you know. Get, it's get, unreal. It's 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 really, really funny. So I actually told it to my students the other day. Um but anyway, so definitely um well maybe also we, we have funny stories at the end. That that might that probably might be the winner for, um, best end of episode funny story. I think that, um, you know, what's his name? Um, your boy Matthew Dix. He had, he had some pretty good ones as well. But, um, mm-hmm. but, jo- but Joe, but Joe that one was unbelievable already. Yeah. Okay. Your turn.
0: All right. Uh, and for me, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I think one of our best recordings this year with the giant asterisk. Is uh, Doctor Jody Carrington?
1: You're calling her a giant asterisk? That's, that, well, you might have to put that over some of the language that she used, and and and. Um, but I don't know. I don't think she is a giant asterisk. But anyway,
0: <laughs> no, she she is absolutely amazing, incredibly passionate. She does love her four letter words. It's made editing it fun, but she is just like she gets it. Like yes. she's she's so on it. She she knows it. Like she sees who the kids are. And it was a good time to talk to her because she's like an educational psychologist
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, or maybe she's a psychiatrist I forget okay. um, but because she' works be an ophthalmologist
1: with for all I know anyway, go
0: ahead <laughs> but because she works in therapy um, you know we talked about how 2020 was a really traumatic year yeah. and what kids really do need mm-hmm.
6: and so it really does come down to that because in every listen in every school division every district on this planet as we step back in you know at, at the end of this break, is that we just want to know we matter. Mm -hmm. And when we matter, we are the best. Some of us are phenomenal through the roof teachers. Some of us will just be the very best. I mean, just like the kids we teach. Some of them have the most incredible cognitive ability. Mm -hmm. Some of them will hit a ceiling really early. Regardless, I want you to rise to the best of your capacity. And you will only do that in an environment where you are seen.
1: Yeah. 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 As a teacher
6: and a teachee.
1: So, so you you mentioned, and we going I just want to go down this little river on our boat for a minute. Um, wow! <laughs> but yeah, Do you I'm get trying. I uh, get awesome? a dinghy. Yeah, we go. We, yeah, we're on it. We're on. We're on the um the things the rest on the side. Boat. Whatever it is, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so someone's hearing this, right? And oh, they no.
0: go, go. <laughs> I'm losing the
7: metaphor. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't I'm with matter. You. Sure.
1: So, but so someone someone's hearing this, and they go, okay, well, whether it's to the students or to their fellow teachers or to whatever, they go, I've tried that. And I get rejected and I just, I am, feel burnt from trying to be the person that's bringing the positivity. And everyone's mm-hmm. just like, you know, peeing all my Cheerios. How do I deal with that as, as a teacher?
6: Is that a clinical term?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes.
6: The uh- <laughs> uh, okay. So. Two things. I get that question all the time because we have this this term, uh, toxic positivity, that yes. Mary Friggin' Poppins is always like, but I love it. I love that, the children. I love teaching. Yes. I love, friggin' love it. Shut up, Mary.
1: Right. So there's and it's actually not positivity. It. It's something. It's 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 just toxic. So. <laughs>
6: right. So let's separate the two of those things because I think what we need to do, this is the stage we miss all the time, is acknowledging. Holding space for, this is hard some days. Mm -hmm. This isn't always where I want to be. I should have been an accountant some days. (laughs) I don't always love every student. I don't always respect every administrator. Like, let's hold space. And in a post-COVID pandemic era, what we will be dealing with with is a lot of kids and families who are emotionally dysregulated.
3: Oh, it's going to be. We've watched uh, domestic oof.
6: violence go through the roof. We've yes. watched child maltreatment numbers rise, and we've also seen an increase in divorce. Yes. Which means those kids will come into your buildings more dysregulated than they have been historically,
1: right. and they're going to be expected to socialize on a grade level that they've that where they where they didn't get the prerequisition – prerequisite socialization stuff. You know what I mean? Whether it comes to kids that are learning how to be like a middle school or a high school and all those awkward stages that we know that we've gone through. Well, now this kid's walking into 11th grade or 9th um, grade and he's like emotionally a 7th a grader. I mean, we had that pre-pandemic, but now we're just going to have it in like droves of, of, of kids.
0: And they haven't flexed the no, you can't talk right now muscle for two years.
1: Yeah. So.
6: Exactly. And here's my biggest concern, right? And and my biggest fear for administrators is that they will be the push then to to catch up. So we have these really good unteachable kids yeah because they're dysregulated so we're going to need yeah. some space to hold their hearts yeah. and then we're going to have the pressure from administration to get our outcome numbers up because we're <gasps> a year yes. behind oh yes. my god oh my god oh my god oh my god I so know. we got a really dysregulated and teachable group of kids a really exhausted group of teachers and administrators saying oh my gosh go so we're <laughs> fixing to have a bit of a disaster here is my prediction. yes perfect so I like now,
1: now our boat is in, in the perfect storm, storm.
6: yeah oh and and there's a there's a tornado a tsunami telling you and so here's here's what would happen if i could redirect the ship just slightly (laughs) uh i would just say here's the deal right the people matter the most right now yes and when we regulate each other first when we acknowledge each other first when we are just nice when we remember that bring into a staff room meeting is going to go a long way i made some snacks i bought some snacks notes doesn't even have to have a monetary value notes on your educator's car getting the parent council to get the kids together to do chalk art around the cars of the teachers in the parking lot to say things like this is one of my favorite teacher oh are. yes stuff like that means that i have been a regulated group of people who can then hold the dysregulated hearts of the kids yeah. And when I have a strong village, these babies will rise so much quicker.
1: Excellent. Okay, that's okay. So With well, prob- pro-
6: problem solved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all we need is chalk, basically, and, and not everything if, will be good. I,
6: if you're going to take it down to the brass, <laughs> chalk and charcuterie. So okay, try- because do you know what happens when you bring a high quality meat tray into yes. a staff room? Yes. So anyway, it's really No, and by the way,
1: I call has... them shark two three boards, Because okay? that's that's just how I am. I don't know why, shark, but I do. Well, shark two three I boards. Yes, why not? <laughs> In a maybe touched
6: what you have on a cruise ship. It's a shark two three board.
1: It would be well, Wow, there you go. Boom. Alright. Oh, this thing is see, this is this is what you come for, boys and girls. Okay. <laughs> so this you look at like a like a really deep thought there. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: I I was just thinking like, oh no, but we really need to focus on the numbers because what would our country be like if people didn't understand science? Yes. Uh, oh, wow. Oh my goodness.
6: <laughs>
3: yes. Right, yes. you can't
6: even get to the numbers if nobody knows how to be nice or have empathy or compassion. So, <laughs> it is that first piece. And then even if you have the best curriculum, Kids cannot learn if they're getting beat up every day. Right. Kids cannot learn if they don't feel seen. Kids cannot learn if they have teachers who are like, sit down. Yeah. Is that is there a time for that? Yes. There's take charge moments in every classroom, every household, every all those things. Right. But the deal is I can't make you learn. I can't make you be nice. I can't take away enough stuff from you to make you be kind. Right. I have to show you. I have to show you how to be empathic, how to be anti-racist, how to be connected to a community. I can't yeah. tell you. I have to show you. So my biggest input right now, my biggest focus must be on staff, not on kids moving forward, in the next two to three years, full stop. Right, okay. right.
0: So I'm going to give this the award of So Smart It Made Me Feel Dizzy.
1: Oh, um, nice, nice. Because, yes, because I, I had um, a vertigo attack while we were recording. So um, Tedisco had to kind of finish it up for me. So it was quite a, quite a rough thing. I was literally... Um, I, I assume you edited that out, like, um, vomiting literally, like, um, feet from the microphone while, um, the recording was continuing. So, um, it was, uh, yeah. It was,
0: I didn't know what to do. So we just kind of went on without you. Yeah. Yeah. But she was just, yeah, so, so, so into the interview that she just, she kept going. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She was like a pro. Hey, professionals, pardon the interruption. We're always looking for resources that can help us, and we know that this has been a really tough year. So that's why we are proud to announce our our new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is awesome. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely and online. So you can send a message to counselor at any time. You get timely, thoughtful responses. You get scheduled week video or phone sessions. It's awesome. It, It has everything you need. And it's more affordable than traditional online counseling. And financial aid is available if you need it. Uh, licensed professional counselors are available. They're specialized in depression, anger, family conflict, stress, anxiety, grief, LGBT matters, self-esteem, sleeping, trauma, relationships. I'm pretty sure that's everything. The only thing they need to add in is losing a monopoly. And I'm pretty sure that's the whole gamut. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash listener. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash listener. Stand professional.
1: Okay, so now we're going to um, favorite Edupod loser segment. Boy, that's that's going to be hard. So is...
0: Let's do a rundown of the segments just to remind uh, okay. our our loving of professionals.
1: Okay, so we had. Um, Two roundtables. One was kind of like, uh, about specifically about podcasting and being an education podcaster. Another one was innovation that works in, um, in the classroom. So we talked about just different things that we do that might be different or, um, that, that works for us. We had the radio drama. We had a poetry slam. We played a kind of hybrid, um, you know, Settlers of Catan, um Dungeons and Dragons, um Cones of Dunshire. Yes, yes, Cones of Dunshire. Um board game that was created and um run by uh, Mr. Tedisco here. And Thank you. Thank you. then we had Alpha uh, Radio we had a poetry slam. And then we had a a magic wand hour where um we gave um the listeners and uh the Twitter followers a chance to Say, if you could wave your magic wand and change one thing about education, what would you change? So... Uh, all, all of which are amazing. And yes.
0: shout-outs to every person involved.
1: Yes. Yes. I will say that definitely my, my favorite um, section was the radio drama. So it was the one that we, I think, spent the most time preparing for. Uh, myself, Tadisco, betsheva and um, Aviva... Shane helped. Uh, Shane the helped a teeny tiny too. bit. Shane 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 was there at the at the initial uh, meeting, and I I think he contributed something. Whatever I don't know. We don't like Shane, but anyway, <laughs> Shane, if you're listening, I hate you. Um, <laughs> just just checking to see if you listen to my podcast ever, because I don't listen to yours anyway. But um, oh God, I don't know. But Whoa. no, so we so we spent a lot of time writing that, and then that we had rehearsals and. I got my wife involved, and I had to sleep on the couch because I didn't communicate well between um, the the co writers and my wife. That I had already given her a part, and they thought it was nepotism, and she thought that I had told them, and oh, that was a whole thing. But then, and then we had to get like the sound effects going, and oh, it was it was um, definitely a labor of love, and it came out really, really good, and um, it really did. And to Disco's gonna, um, if it's not, if it's nowhere else, please, please play the um, the whistle sound um, segment from the original. Do you, can you still pull that out somehow? Oh yeah, which to me was um, my favorite part of the of the whole thing.
4: It says I should be. Oh, oh
8: sorry, barricade.
0: I forgive you and appreciate you taking the time to apologize during a stressful situation. Um, it says I'm supposed to put this bucket on my head and spin until I count to five. Why?
9: Do you have a better idea?
3: Uh, no, but what are you doing? I'm creating a sort of giant fly trap made from butcher paper and glitter glue. I'm slacking though. I've only created 10 feet so far. Okay. Uh
1: one, two, three, four. Oh, I don't feel so good.
3: Oh no! <laughs>
0: she tripped on that barricade and landed right in
8: your glitter trap.
9: N- Nico, did you do that just so you could photograph her falling?
3: A those sh- you won't rebuild a glitter trap. Can somebody help me out? As an air symbol, I don't appreciate being confined.
6: Here, I'll
8: help. Let's pull on one, two...
3: I was supposed to be watching
6: the East Door Okay, Nico, hey, can you please stop sending photos So you can
3: help us save off the undead Ah, the zombies have made it into the room <laughs> Eat hey, dodgeball uh, uh, Everyone,
9: grab a dodgeball uh, <laughs> 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 The dodgeballs aren't
3: stopping them from coming closer. Wait, I have an idea.
8: Whistle noise. What Taylor, did that do? you actually do? have to
9: blow the whistle to make a whistle noise.
4: <laughs> what did that
8: do? That's all
2: I have.
1: <sighs>
2: <sighs>
1: We're surrounded. What do we do? So, um, and I guess my other favorite part, honestly, was just um, the whole experience and how um, I enjoy a good. Like, marathon, and how, mm-hmm. um, mentally exhausted we were at the end, and just like in you know, the last, the last, the last segment, we were, I think we were definitely really brain fried. You could kind of tell that we were, that our brains were, were not, um, working 100% at that point. Oh, yeah. The
0: closet I was recording in definitely had a distinct scent.
1: Wow. Nice. It was warm that day. It was warm that day. Oh, it was. Yes. It was. Yes, I know, which is why I had originally had a plan for wearing a different hat every segment, and because we had video for that segment, and I like after like segment one and a half, I'm like, no, this is I'm not doing this. I had like a whole bunch of hats <laughs> laying around my, my laundry room podcast. You <laughs> did not know like, that. No, yeah, yeah, that was that was that was the plan, and I think I wore like one or two hats. But anyway. it,
0: the, the radio drama was really cool because, especially how we wound up writing it. Mm-hmm. So we, we first sat down and figured out the characters we wanted to use. Like Melee already said he wanted to be the last day of school and the zombie apocalypse. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and so like And like so we kind of, sort
1: of and I wanted kind of like the Breakfast Club like idea it was like was was like part of the elevator pitch when I had it in my head before there was anything put really down on paper.
0: Right. And so we, we debated on like who the different uh people in it would be and if they'd be students or teachers and how that would work. And from there, we kind of fleshed out, like, what would be the the big moments in the script. And then we just sat down at a writing session and wrote our segment and then came back and read it all the way through. And it just it wound up sinking. It actually,
1: it actually worked really, really well. Yes. yes. It was, it was and, like, and like we had
0: similar running gags throughout it, which is yes, so weird. Yes, and we weird. just all had the same clear vision of, of what it was going to be.
1: It, it was, it was nice. Um, and I, so maybe I can't remember actually if Shane was the one or it might've been Aviva or Bathsheva, because originally it was going to be students that mm-hmm. flipped it to, um, teachers being at a professional development versus students being at some kind of, um, uh, detention. Detention on the last game. style. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I know. Five. I it have was... to come up with an elevator pitch for Edgipod Loser Two. I, I've got a few ideas running around. Edupod my head.
0: Loser Two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> I, we can't do it to disco. Oh, I really want to do a musical one. I really want to do a musical one, but that's too much. <laughs> we can't do it, right? Tell me. Tell me, it's impossible to disco.
0: Nearly nothing's impossible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Da-da-da-dee-dee-dee> <laughs> oh my
0: goodness!
1: I still really want a musical, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, even, though I, even, even though even we both know I cannot sing whatsoever, so I don't know how that would work. But I would. Still we do have...
0: this, and then we build up to do a musical for Edupadluza three. Okay,
1: maybe. which is of
0: course how Edupadluza got its groove.
1: Back. Yes, that could be how Edupadluza got its groove. Yes,
0: or Edupadluza number two, the streets. I don't. Whichever one.
1: Wow, I don't know what that reference is. The streets? Uh, uh,
0: yeah, that's, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Step Up. Oh,
1: God. Okay, wow.
0: Edupod Loser 3, The Last Crusade?
1: Yes, could be. And, uh, whatchamacallit? I don't know. Um, <laughs> search for the musical? I don't know. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, my favorite Edupod Loser segment is absolutely our second round table.
1: Okay. Um,
0: our second round table where we talked about, like the question was simple. We were just talking about being edu podcasters, mm-hmm. like being in education and being in podcasting. Yeah. And the conversation got so honest and so vulnerable. And, and so like, it was very sweet and it was very, um, like just, they talked about like our, our universal struggles and fears. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to just thank every person who is a part of that. Yeah. Um, because we, we really like that conversation really went somewhere.
1: I was going to say, I think Tracy Bowder had uh, that. I can like feel her influence as you're saying that, that she really like, that's her, that's her personality. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I'm sure that I'm not saying everyone else in it wasn't willing to go there with her. Um, but I think that 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 she kind of um, brought that to that as well.
0: Oh yeah, and and uh, Natalie Bartabasso yes, yes, is also well. very honest about yeah, you know yeah. how she was influenced and and, and mm-hmm. the fear that she was feeling.
3: Mm-hmm. I, depending on what it is, you know, as educators, Meely said it best: like we always have to think about. Our jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if we were just maybe in the corporate sector, private sector, or entrepreneurs, we could have some of those conversations and really, really push and go deeper and challenge um, some people's thought thought processes. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's that that's the elephant that's always in front of us. Like, if I, you know, and, and not just in guests in the podcast. This is just in general, like what we sharing our thoughts on social media, engaging in a conversation. Like we always have to be on, we always have to be mindful and some things we choose not to engage in because we know the risk. Um, And that's, that's, that's kind of frustrating in education a little bit. Literally to disco, probably eight
1: out of 10 people that I told we were starting a podcast and it was going to be about teaching and it was called unprofessional development. How many of them looked at you like, did you, but you're going to get fired. Like, how many times did, you, how many, like, so many people told me that they're like, Are you sure you should do that? Aren't you worried about your job? Like, I got told that so, like, so, so, like, my dad told me that, like, like, my fellow teachers told me that, like, like, other people, like, you know, have, have told me people that we'd asked to be on are like, Oh, I'm not coming on there and I'm not getting my, I'm not losing my job. So, have you guys had that experience as well? Or is that, or is that relatively unique? I, I almost was fired. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, went, go ahead.
8: Go on.
2: Um, so
8: it, it was actually not specifically for the podcast. It was for a blog post I wrote. But um, I was definitely given a, a legal mandate from my legal department and told if I didn't have that removed, I was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have become very well-versed in what my contract says and where it re- re- reaches my First Amendment rights. Um, and so it, it's... You know, it's one of the things I talk about. You know, you you look at Shane's all black bunker room. Th- there was a running joke for a while that I was podcasting out of a bunker somewhere in Florida because I don't mm-hmm. specifically say where I teach, what uh, what district right. I'm in, what part of the state I'm in. You know, those are things I don't say because I, Brad Schreffler, host of the Planning Period podcast and Twitter personality, or whatever else you want to call <laughs> me, is uh, is not the same person that has a day job every single day and works for someone else. Um, so there's is your name.
1: And, you have a different name.
8: Well, it's the same name, but, oh, okay. it's, uh, but they are very separate personalities online. They're, there's okay. never a direct reference to my district or my school or anything else on any of right. my public. Stuff. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it's absolutely a consideration for me because those two things have to be kept separate. Um, and, yeah, people have said to me before, in fact, with my recent promotion to assistant principal, I was asked again, like, well, are you going to keep doing that? Like, now you're you're board appointed. It's different now. And I'm like, well, technically, it's not. Like, in terms of legally, it's not. But, you know, yes, there is a consideration. So. You know, it's it's definitely something to think about. I, I, what I try really hard to do um, is not let it impact what I say on my show. You know, there, there's times where I will want to write a tweet, and I don't write that tweet sometimes. Like, there's definitely times where I'm like, ah, all right, maybe not the right place mm-hmm. for that. Um, and it's never, like, the actual ideas that are problematic. It's usually the phrasing that I decide is what I should rewrite. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know for the show, I try not to. It's never kept me from pushing back against something. Um, and oh. I guess I should put it that way. If somebody comes on my show and says something, and I'm like, ugh. you know, one of the questions I ask all the time, all my guests, is what is the biggest problem facing education today? And I get all kinds of answers. yeah, I get <laughs> too, yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes Sorry. I've had to push back and be like, "Really, you think like that's the biggest problem, like of all things?" And like, or do you really think that's the problem, or is you know, parking so maybe-
1: spaces? We don't get good enough parking space. Exactly, that's like the problem. <laughs> come, on, come on, give me a little more. You um,
8: took my
9: magic wand, answer, <laughs> <laughs> <How dare you>? <laughs> <laughs>
8: So, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's definitely happened. And I, I will tell you that that was a very terrifying experience for me and, and very frustrating and angering because, like, I was like, are you kidding me? Because um, the particular post was not actually political or, or questionable. It was something else. But, um,
9: like, Can you tell us what it is? I'm so curious. It, yeah, it was...
8: A, so, I was writing a blog post for Microsoft, actually. I wrote a blog post oh. for Microsoft talking about uh, how we were using OneNote in our school. Um, at the time, no one else was using it the way we were. And so, it was, like, a post. And they posted it on the Microsoft blog. And that was, that was the line, apparently. Um, Is it? Well, the reason was one of my screenshots included the corner of our district logo. And ah. I refer- mm. I said the name of our school at one point. And so their argument was I was representing myself as an employee of this district and promoting a product. And that could be construed as the district mm. promoting that product. And I was like, but... You literally bought it for us. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, You're going to get fired. You look way cooler. Wow.
3: You know, I, have
9: I, some, I have some thoughts. I feel like I have I been know. thinking about this exact thing deeply a lot lately because of the idea of career path. And there is so many people in education that become position bound. Maybe they want to be a leader, but there's only one or two leadership positions at their school and then they feel stuck. And... We are living through the democratization of everything because of the internet. Like you can have a podcast, you can have a blog, you can create a product and actually go to market and sell it. But where is the line between when your intellectual property is your own, but because you're working at a school where a lot of your ideas and learnings happened, they... Feel that there is some like I feel like that is a space that in the next two to three years we are about to see so much gray area emerge. I feel like I'm dancing in it a lot. Full transparency, my podcast is sponsored by my school. You want to talk about really? I feel like I can't, I won't go too deep into that, but it's really a fascinating, constant space. Or like Brad, I have been reading a lot of my policies and procedures and contracts very closely um, because this does open up so many opportunities starting a podcast, but then. Do they own all those opportunities that I know have come my way because they sponsored the podcast?
7: <laughs> well, I know I know in our district there was a real push because I mean honestly it's because probably teachers were taking like school cameras with them on vacation and taking photos of their vacations and stuff which I don't think that's a good idea. Um so they became very clear that you know you cannot use school equipment for anything that you create out of work time. So like I had to go and buy, I was using like cords from the band program and mic stands from the band room. Um, so I had to go buy my own mic stands and my own cords and use my own laptop, my own nine-year-old MacBook pro that I'm currently using um, just to make sure that I was above board. I, I talked to my principal He's like, well, I guess you can use the Wi-Fi at school for it. It's like, Oh, thank goodness. But, but I mean, on the, on the flip side, you know, I have uh, let's say I know a person and they have been working on a product, an educational oriented product that they are very close right now to selling for mid six figures, maybe more and possibly even making a career out of this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have been very careful all the way along about making sure that they, it is theirs 100%, like not using any school resources because I mean, I don't know what it is for all of you, but I mean, in, in, in my school district, you know, by definition, anything you make in the building, like if I draw a happy face on a piece of paper that belongs to the school district as part of my creative output.
9: So, And yet we have one of the highest rates of attrition of most careers. You think someone would start thinking like, oh, the name of the game in the 21st century is agility and adaptability. Maybe we could find a way to create more flexibility in these positions so that people can see their career path go in different ways within the educational space without needing to go like, "Ooh, that's yours, that's mine. And if I want to leave, I got to cut and run and become a private entity that's doing that's- all this work.
7: It's run like a lot of private, yeah. Like they said, private entities, right? I mean, you go to Disney, you can't make you can't make a movie off the side of your desk while you're at, while you're working, because mm. that's theirs. So. I mean,
8: yeah, that's one practice mm-hmm. that I feel like education actually lines pretty closely to, to industry there. You know, so yeah. like and like Shane said, I've I've done a lot of side projects and stuff too. So that's one of those things where that stuff never touches a district laptop. That stuff is never done on school Wi Fi. It is like if I have to do something, like even if I'm staying sometimes I'll stay after my contract hours because I'm I'm going to a concert that night to support the school or whatever, and I'm I'm working on stuff. I pull my hotspot up on my phone and I work on mm-hmm. my personal laptop. Like it doesn't touch district Whoa. network, it doesn't touch district computers ever. The podcast has never I well there's a sticker for the podcast on my school laptop, only because that lets me know it's mine, but that's the closest those two things have ever come to each other.
6: Interesting.
9: That's <laughs> going to change the way that I operate because those, and I mean, I'm glad that we had this conversation because I never really made those considerations around, um, yeah, like using Wi-Fi or a school laptop or anything like that. It's fascinating.
3: Particularly the Wi-Fi. <laughs>
9: seems crazy to i was me. gonna
8: say as we're sitting here and i'm looking into the camera of my school a <laughs> you're like oh, oh
3: out no of state
8: <laughs> i mean we, we're
0: things i think anyway are a little bit different so my my charter management company gives me a lot of autonomy i've been with them for a long long time
3: mm-hmm. so
0: but it is something to definitely consider uh, those are things i've never even thought about
8: it, I, I worry listen. about it hearing it on other people's shows sometimes. I mean, genuinely, because it's like, it's not something you think about until it's too late in most mm-hmm. cases. I mean, I was lucky in my case that I got the warning. I wasn't just immediately fired. I feel like I was lucky there. Um, but it's like, I hear other people's shows and I'll, and I'll listen to them say something. And I'm like, ooh, that scared me. That was not a smart, like, <laughs> you don't attach those two things together. Like, ugh, keep that separate.
3: One of my former principals, uh, <laughs> it's a legacy statement now. She would always say, it's not a problem until it's a problem. And when it is a problem, oof. you know, so yeah, that's, that's the thing is just so many things to think about. And um, Aviva, I think it was you, maybe Natalie, I can't remember because it was earlier in the conversation, but you know, it, it, the one frustrating thing about all of this is education should be the one space where we, Among many others, but education should be the space where we celebrate and amplify innovation, creativity, Mm -hmm. thinking outside of the box, um, modeling for students to be those risk takers and invent, create, design, be the architect of our thoughts. And it's punitive, Um, exactly. you know, are proprietary and not beneficial for us. So, you know, those are the things that... um, are just disappointing. And disappointing. if we're going to launch
9: better flies, I mean, the circles right back to what you're saying earlier, Tracy, like think of all the fear that was just shared around the circle as uh-huh. Brad shared his story. And we're like, Oh my God, you know, Charles is looking into his computer screen, like putting uh, black tape over it. it. Like <laughs> <laughs> we should it's never here. be living it's in fear <laughs> and it creates so much fear. And that is not where learning lives. That's not yeah. where innovation lives. Like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I really think this is something that those in educational Positional power, I guess, or maybe all of us at the grassroots with a microphone and an audience need to keep talking about because I do mm. think it's problematic.
3: But, but yeah, just wow.
0: No, it was it was a really good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this where you want to talk about the last duo?
1: Oh, and we uh, was we gonna say we we well, no because they weren't both there, but anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Flash back to the to the duo. So still. You know, or maybe this is an honorable mention segment because they've probably already, they won a Georgie last year. So uh, if it's too early to give lifetime achievement Georgies, um, but, um, but so we haven't had a lifetime and they haven't really achieved anything. No, that's true. Well, no, Gerardo is teacher of the year for Colorado. So that's, that's, that's kind true. of impressive. That's um, true. but we just feel as if they are, um, when we get together, it, it feels like a family reunion. It feels like, you know, from the first time we recorded together, um, it just we got in the room and it just felt like we've known each other. And we just had um, uh, which one it, repartee or I, I don't know, some, something we something had a really French...
0: big Muppet
1: energy. Yes. Yes. So we and just, the
0: last recording was like you were Kermit trying to get a show out of us. Oh, and it was, it was, we were oh, just blowing things up.
1: This it, it, it was definitely. I, I tried to go a different direction, and it definitely went a whole other um, dynamic. But it but it really really worked. I feel, and I think. What was great about it was the goal was achieved. It was supposed to feel like a PLC, and it felt exactly like a PLC. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Where we want um, to talk
0: about one thing, and nothing really gets done. And by the right, end of like, the we'll
1: just put it all together. Right? Yeah. Just send me an email, like, and, we'll f- and when you get your part done, right? Um, let's just try and design. Just a, let's try and just a, just do a <laughs> little bit. I know it's gonna be tough, but and, so here's the one. Let's talk about this. Why? offspring that result from sexual reproduction have greater variation than offspring that result from asexual reproduction. First of all, does anyone know why? Say again. Why? Because you're
0: mixing more genetics.
1: Say again. I asked for the ripper, you can't give wait time to Desco. <laughs> what was the sorry. question? So, sorry. So the question I reject my previous statement. The question is, so there's asexual and sexual reproduction, right? Why is there more variation in the offspring with sexual reproduction than asexual reproduction?
6: Tedesco, what did you say?
1: <laughs> I said,
0: <laughs> uh, I said it's, you got, you're that guy in the group project. He is. <laughs> in the classroom. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm paying attention. So I said it's because you're mixing in more genes. Like, like if you, you have, one person's genes with which type genes. sexual or asexual in sexual Bro, repro- well, asexual reproduction there's only one thing I just wanted to this.
5: use precise language because in my mm. school district it's really important that
0: students use precise academic <laughs> and content vocabulary that's all I'm asking for gotcha <laughs> yes. okay, okay. I, I apologize then
1: yes N- not everyone can always infer what you're implying <laughs> I'm
0: just like yes. j- sexual reproduction you're going to have um, uh, more genes right, right? yes yeah, yeah. Asexual reproduction, I'm thinking like, I don't know, the way zombies reproduce. (laughs) How do zombies reproduce? By biting somebody else. They just bite somebody else. Oh, is that really reproduction? No, I don't feel like it's reproduction. But but asexual reproduction is where just, I'm going to argue it is. (laughs) Can I just say, this is how you come up with the best unit ever. Right? This This is,
5: like this, when it starts nebulous,
0: like this. Why, why are zombies less varied than regular people?
1: Yes. and how Kids you, are going to love that. They're going to be like, people, I'm into this. So that honestly can be that we can talk about that as like our opening thing. Um, let's discuss... Is our hook zombies? Zombie reproduction versus vampire reproduction versus werewolf reproduction.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> and then you put them in punnet squares and then you can see what a werewolf vampire... Would look like.
1: Now, this is Twilight. This is a good
0: Twilight connection, right? Yes. Yes. Because that's what Twilight's about, a werewolf and a vampire getting together. Kevin's have
5: been doing a great job connecting with teenagers from 10 years ago.
0: (laughs)
3: That's That's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I do.
0: If That's we haven't put it on their Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers there's yes. some uh, we'll 20 the year olds adults that this will really resonate. What I've with. set up is a reason for us to watch all of the Twilight movies. <laughs> oh, Why <God>. do <laughs> you watch that? Why do you not I don't know. We got we got time. Is that the <laughs> not, reward or the consequence? I, don't I don't know. Know. both. I've, I've, I've never did. watched a Twilight movie to be honest. I've so. watched way
5: too many with liar. my wife. Liar. I am never. Why would I watch a Twilight movie? They're You're horrible. the one that brought it up.
1: <laughs> I just know that there's something about vampires and and werewolves. So what we're saying it? is we can put this objective on the board and then just show Twilight for the week. Is that is that?
0: That's what Kevin that, would do.
1: Now our unit is planned. <laughs> He's like,
0: that's constructivist.
1: And hey, somebody Google <laughs>
0: try to figure out why we're doing what we're doing.
1: <laughs> somebody Google Twilight biology worksheet and see if there's a PDF that we I can give to the kids. I bet you there
5: is. Yeah, how much I'm, y'all want here? I, I'll I look bet for you it. there. Twilight.
0: we will <laughs> we'll put
1: biology. that link in the
5: show notes. I mean,
0: well, teachers pay teachers. It's everything. <laughs> there, there's worksheets. There's word searches. Um, <laughs> you know there's. There a, is. I um, may also be looking for Rod Sterling. Rod Sterling
5: references. Like, nice. Oh, because that's Twilight Zone.
0: There is. Yeah. A, hold on. Twilight
5: Genetics. I, we we stumbled <laughs> on it. On Pinterest. All oh, right, we're supposed teachers. to still be talking about genetics. Yeah, teachers pay teachers. Do not go
1: on teacher pay teachers.
5: Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that. That's the new except word. You're, except for when you uh, are trying to find
1: your emergency lesson plans. So I just want to give it, just give them an honorable mention, and um, I assume we will have them on again in, in 2021 because of Try and make it like an annual thing, having having them on because we just have a blast every time we get in the room, and I'll or in the Zoom anyway but um i'll have to figure out what the and i'll come up with some kind of uh third thing of a bobby that will make it um whatever whatever will do but we'll, but i right know it doesn't matter we could just we could just exchange recipes and with with the two of them and we would end up going to 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 really funny places as well as all of us can't not be silly and can't not start talking about like um our passion for pedagogy at the same time. Like we it's it's like yeah. we, we both we all four of us like flip flop back and forth between both of those things at at all times. And all of a sudden we'll be like the guy who was being the silliest five minutes ago will go, But actually when you did the classroom and da 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 and then like drill it home you're like, Oh, oh we're gonna oh, we're gonna be really we're gonna talk for serious now and then someone else would be silly and then someone else would be like so like they they just have that a great balance for um for that and I think that's why we like getting together with them. So yeah. And one of them came to Edjupadluza, and I don't know. Ke- Kevin is kind of like the 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 wandering. Hey, disco. Um, yes, yes. And so <laughs> when, when, when he sho- when he shows up, who knows? Um, but anyway, but he was the there for that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Alrighty, well, I think that's it. Do you have any other honorable mentions you want to you want to mention? Before we go, I want to record this.
0: So shout out to all of our Edjupadluza brethren. Uh, we had Aviva of Lesson Impossible. We had Batsheva of Overthrowing Education. Uh, Brad from Planning Period. Charles Williams from Counter Narrative. Uh, Gerardo from Two Dope Teachers. Mike Yates from Schoolish. Uh, Natalie Vardabasso from Edu Crush. Ryan Tibbins from Classcast. Sandrine Hope from Step the Mondays. Shane from the Edu Podcast. Toria from Tiny Voices. And Stacey from Intelligoji.
1: Yes. Do, do
0: Fifteen!
1: Count? Fifteen EduPodcasters! Ah ah ah, okay. and so, like and in and le- if Landy was here, he would put in lightning and thunder sounds at that point. <laughs> there you go. Uh, can right. I
0: also say I uh hit an Easter egg and do every single um edu podcast episode because um, in in the uh, the show notes I gave everybody a link to their uh, podcast website but I didn't want our names just sitting there without a link, uh-huh. so I made it a new, weird,
1: funny link every single time. Really? For every yes. for every show notes for the entire year? For, for, no, just for the Edupod Lose It. Oh, okay. Okay. Whenever,
0: yes, yeah, so we whenever I, I put a link for us to Unprofessional Development, I'm like, they don't really need a link since they're listening to it, and these are the show notes. So you just so put just f- added in links to weird
1: stuff. To random stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, by the way, I follow the count on Twitter. You know what he tweets? About once every two weeks, seven hundred and forty-five. Like, and that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> two thousand three hundred and sixty-eight. Like, like just, just random numbers. He tweets, and that's it. do not tweet anything else ever. Just, just every once in a while, he tweets a number.
0: <laughs> that's brilliant. I just want to say, in traditional vampire lore, vampires are obsessed with counting. Yes, like yeah, that, that is that is uh, in league with like traditional vampire lore.
1: Okay, well, I did not I did not know that. Okay, yeah, I know some true. of them are counts, you know. But um, that is true. Yes. So, but anyway, alrighty, is that it? We are we good? Oh, we're
0: great. Do you, okay. Do you want to say anything to our viewers who have listened to us? Yeah, well, for guys. Years I just now.
1: Yeah, just thank you. You've you've you know you've you've been listening for for another year, and I know we. Kind of weird because we just had our 100th episode and we were doing this already. But, but thank you again. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, put it everywhere. Okay. We are, we definitely continue to see growth. So those of you that have, you know, heard it from a friend, tell a friend. And those of you that have already told a friend, you know, hopefully you've got another friend you know good luck for that but anyway um we we just appreciate it it's it's just so neat to um to get to do this and we just really we really appreciate all our guests oh my goodness it's just it's just amazing just so many people and um you know we, we we've talked about this before i i feel like i'm a better teacher because of this podcast and hopefully the people listening are slightly better teachers because of our podcast too and, and, and you
0: know so I, I don't
1: know or so, just
0: maybe you're just a little more comforted as a teacher just know you are going true. through similar miseries other people yes. we're all having the same struggles and uh, we can laugh about it at the end of the day yep. alrighty
1: <laughs> thank you and stay unprofessional stay unprofessional stay, stay un- un- unprofessional <laughs>